Hi, my name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilker. Welcome to Into the Aether. It's a it's a video game podcast. That's, that's right. new. It's a new video game podcast. Throw it that's, on the pile. Throw it on the pile. Get to it when you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we're just going to talk about some things in the news that we found interesting, uh, what we're playing right now, and just sort of see where that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we mentioned in the last episode during our E3 extravaganza, which That's everyone right. had been asking for, everyone was waiting for, everyone's looking Bands forward to. Where is the content? Uh huh. Yeah. Like, oh, when are when are Brendan and Steven gonna finally talk about E3? That's what everyone's been asking. <laughs> so we, we gave the people what they wanted. You know, he hopped on Skype.com and made it happen. Um. So video games. So what has been jumping out to you in, in the news, Brendan? I, I I think the thing that I'm most excited about, as someone who I think completely was reinvigorated on the Nintendo Switch after E3, the, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was the whole Sony not letting people use their Fortnite accounts on the Switch thing, mm-hmm. but how that's kind of echoed out into now this joint marketing campaign between Nintendo and Microsoft. Have you seen this yet? <laughs> I actually haven't, so tell, go, uh, tell me all about it. So... Microsoft released a new version of Minecraft on the Switch. There was like a it seems like what happened was they they released Minecraft on the Switch, but it was like a ported version of the mobile mm-hmm. one. It wasn't like the full game. Right. Um, so that was kind of out for a while and it was sticking sticking around and people were, were playing it and I guess enjoying it. But then Microsoft was like, no, 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 this isn't the full experience. We need to like release the whole thing on Switch. So they did that recently. They like just ported the console version over Um along with crossplay to PC and tablets and and phones oh, wow. and not PlayStation um because, <laughs> because Sony won't allow it so uh they released a joint marketing campaign where it's like the it opens with like a split screen between the Microsoft logo and the Nintendo logo sorry the Xbox logo and the Nintendo logo uh and it shows people on two different consoles playing together which i think is really fascinating um, that's awesome. I love I'm, that. That's, I'm actually very happy to hear that. Yeah, it's like the dream. I feel like that's a thing everyone's wanted forever, and it's finally coming true. Yeah, I just think it's like part of me likes exclusives in the sense that each party is working on different things. Yeah, but I don't like companies hoarding stuff for that. Like, oh, you have to you know pay to experience this. Right. Like, you chose the wrong system. You have to pay. It. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that. That's where it gets kind of shitty. So. And Sony's extremely guilty of that. Like, I don't play Fortnite, but if I did, I would be very frustrated that I couldn't just sign in, you know, yeah. um, elsewhere. Yeah, I'm in this so. weird situation. So I never really played Fortnite. I played Fortnite on PS4 right when it came out. I played two yeah. games and I won both of them. And I was like, I'm nice. never playing this game ever again. <laughs> 100% win rate. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, I, I, you know, achievement, whatever. Uh, so when this switch thing happened and like Fortnite kind of entered the zeitgeist again for all these people who had nintendo switches but had never played Fortnite, um basically every one of my friends list on switch was playing Fortnite every single day so i was like okay i guess i gotta play this thing realized that i couldn't log into the account that i made on my ps4 so i had to make a new account and now i'm probably never ever gonna play on ps4 again even though i've become a fan of Fortnite in the interim right. so like yeah. by doing that they've actually prevented me from ever spending money on their platform ever again and like anytime a cross-platform multiplayer game comes out between switch and anything else i will probably always get it on switch or xbox from now on like they kind of shot themselves in the foot in a really shitty way that's true i mean i think it's also 
Part of me wants to say that a lot of the exclusives for PS4 have been single player oriented, Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't imagine that's the market they're going for. Really, I think that has sort of happened by circumstance. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm thinking like Bloodborne, Persona Five, a lot of like RPGs and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's sort of where they have like a stronger foothold. And but yeah, I I can't imagine they're not going to try to undo that. But who knows? Yeah, I I think it's if there's a, a market difference in the amount of money they're bringing in on Fortnite for the next like couple weeks i could see them kind of turning that around because Fortnite generates like hundreds of millions of dollars a week which is incredible um i can't imagine yeah and you know it be if you're buying the in-game currency on ps4 sony's getting a cut of that and if they lose that cut because everyone's switching to different platforms i'm sure they have to change their mind um but i love i love this minecraft thing because because microsoft owns minecraft now so I, I like this idea of collaboration between the two. And I do like what you're saying, like this idea of every platform is going to have its exclusives. And in a lot of cases, those are probably single player. Sometimes in the case of like Microsoft, you're going to have a Halo or something that's going to be multiplayer. But for the most part, a cross-platform multiplayer game, it seems like could now actually be cross-platform, um, yeah. which I think is is really nice to kind of be platform agnostic when playing online. Uh, I think that's really cool, and and that's a thing that I've wanted since like the PS2 era, and it's it's nice to see that kind of come to fruition. Um, yeah, exactly, and I think there's a difference to like, a game like Bloodborne, which uh, I, I I would classify it more as single player, but I know there's a huge multiplayer element to it. Um, that's a game that I can't imagine from software wanting to only be on PS4. You know, like, yeah. that was not, unless Sony just gave the, them enough money. You know, that's just like this. that's true. You know? And that was also when Dark Souls 2 was coming out uh, independent of Miyazaki's development. Yeah, right. right. So yeah. that's probably why. But even still, like, I think it's because now from software is with Activision for uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Oh, really? Is Activision um, publishing yeah. that? Wow. And they are going to be on every system. It's not an exclusive anymore. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that. But they also said there's no multiplayer. So we'll see how. Oh, interesting. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about uh, Sony realizing that they're they're fucking up. Because I the thing is like they're so in the lead right now. They don't have to give a shit at all. You know, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. And I I saw a really great interview with Phil Spencer at E3 where he was talking about this exact situation. He was like, I'd like to say that if I was in their position, like he was pretty candid. Like yeah, PS4 is way in the lead over Xbox at the moment. Uh, but he was like, I, I like to think that if I was in their position, I would not be doing the same thing as them in regards to cross-platform multiplayer, which I think is is encouraging in a way, um, especially if Xbox gets the jump on the next generation, as you were uh, uh, hypothesizing. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like it, it's the sort of like age old theory of like those in the lead are not going to work. It's like the tortoise and the hare, essentially, yeah. you know, like you're just going to be like, eh, whatever, we'll we'll do our thing. Which will probably work fine. I mean, there are so many Sony exclusives that I'm excited about, as we talked about in last episode. Like, so, um, and I'm not as involved in multiplayer, but I am happy to hear, especially with a game like Minecraft, which is so, like, popular with, like, a younger audience. Like, that being on the Switch with Microsoft support is probably going to yeah. be a great thing. And the idea so. of, like, you sitting in a living room, like, I, I could imagine myself at, like, eight years old sitting in a living room playing on the Switch or, like, my friend playing on the Switch and I have it open on my phone and we're playing together. Yeah. Like, that's sick. That's a really Yeah, that's going to be, cool that's going to be great. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I, hopefully Sony uh, joins in. Otherwise, uh, they won't get that Fortnite cash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Yeah. God, that's the oldest I've ever sounded, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you kids on Fortnite? Um, what about you? What's, what's going on in your world? In my world? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like a lot of the games I'm excited about are still like very much on the horizon. Um, I'm really excited about Cyberpunk more than I was at E3. Yeah. The more I hear about it, um, the more... Because I've been slowly uh, playing through Witcher 3, um, which I got like really late. Um, and then uh, I had mixed feelings on, on a lot of elements of the game. But now that I'm in sort of like the last leg of the journey and the main story is winding up, I'm, I'm just like... I'm enjoying the game more, imagining how they're going to co- sort of add what's great about Witcher 3 to the setting of Cyberpunk. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's still very much on the horizon. Otherwise, not too much. I'm definitely getting a Switch uh, in the coming months, so yes. we'll be able to talk more about that. Um, I have a curse where whenever I'm involved in a video game-centric podcast or project, I don't have all the current systems. <laughs> so like I finally have a PS4 and everyone's like, you're going to make PS5. I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm excited for Switch and definitely excited for Smash. Um, that's another game where the more I hear about it, the more excited I am for it to come out. So. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of videos that came out of E3 of people playing that game, like like high mm-hmm. level Smash players playing that game. And it just like it has totally lit the fire in me again to play yeah. that game. Like, I never was able to play really competitively. I knew, like, some of the tricks of the trade, but um, I'm, I'm excited about Smash. I just hope that the multiplayer is not as bad as it was on the Wii U. Did you play that at all? I, I played it on the 3DS, actually. I, I played a bit on, because my roommate had a Wii U, so we played online a little. We usually played against each other. Yeah. And that's sort of like, I think even if the online is good, the quintessential Smash experience is being together. Yeah, you know? totally. It would be nice, because I think that there's a lot of people who would, like, you know, and it's, I will say this, the online for Smash 4 was way better than the online for Brawl, but that goes without saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> that was like, that was like a joke. Like, I thought I was like, like doing it outside of the game's intention. It just felt like broken and like. Yeah, yeah. It was like you bought like a, like an illegal copy of Brawl that had like a, a multiplayer mode hack I remember it. though you could bet on matches with a meaningless currency. That's, yeah. That was like the perfect experience for Brawl. They um, had that in uh, Smash 4 on 3DS specifically also, which oh, I, yeah. yeah, when that game came out, I remember I was working just like menial kind of office desk job. And whenever I was eating lunch, I would always just flip open my 3DS and just like eat lunch and just bet on matches. <laughs> and that was like <laughs> what I did for like a month. It was great. It was really fun. Yeah, it is cool to watch. I mean, it's that's the other thing too about that game is that even if you're not playing it, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, and that's a testament of a good fighting game, I think. Who do you usually play as? I don't think we've ever talked about this. Who who are like your go tos? And do you want to limit it to the newest Smash or just in general? Like uh, go wherever. Yeah. Go wherever. Um, because I, I have different Smash, ones for each game. So yeah, the newest Smash I played a lot is King Dedede. Um, oh really? Yeah, I I liked him quite a bit. Um, I also liked Lucina a lot. Yes, um, same. And I actually liked, I think it was like Kinadidi, Lucina, and uh, Toon Link were like my top three. Mm. Um, I tried to be good with Duck Hunt because I just loved the concept so much. But yeah. Like, I, I never was really that good with Duck Hunt. Right. Um, in Brawl, I think it was actually Luigi. I did play a lot of Luigi. Yeah. Um, 
And then in Melee, Dr. Mario, actually. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dr. Mario. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I love that all these people are coming back. It's so good. Yeah, like, Dr. Mario, too. He was even back in the last one. And I right. was like, what an obscure, like, I didn't know anyone else played as him except for me. Yeah. Um, he's like a, because he just has the, uh, he has that down A where his fist becomes like giant and like mm-hmm. knocks you down. Right. And he also like has a purposeful down B move, which is nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> Mario's like, I have, a, I have a water gun. It's like, all right. Yeah. Um, oh, they, they gave uh, Mario Cappy in the new one and got rid of the flood thing oh, thank god that's really good yeah the flood thing was just just awful yeah um but uh who did you play as uh yeah in smash 4 it was mainly lucina or if i was like really seriously competitive uh captain falcon i love captain falcon too yeah he's great captain falcon is like absolutely one of the funniest characters of he's all time so- yeah he gives it his all like even when he falls it's just yeah. like everything's like um, yes but um, like besides that I'd, I'd always wanted to play captain falcon ever since melee and just like never really could never really like lock it in and something about the way he moves and feels in in four was like oh man this is because he was awful in brawl they nerfed the crap out of him yeah in brawl which was really disappointing but he's great in the fourth one yeah really really fun um and i love that in the new game they're doing that thing where if you're playing 1v1 and you land like a really powerful move like the knee or the falcon punch like it it's gonna freeze frame for a second you're gonna have like a hit stun <laughs> moment oh my god the knee is so like it's the most like anime smash gets in a good yeah. way. It's yeah. just like, yes, you know. Yeah, it's um, so funny because you, you have all these other characters. You have Lucina, you have like basically the whole Fire Emblem roster, and for some reason Captain Falcon is the most anime. Of yeah. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Like even amongst the anime characters. Yeah. Um my you'll be happy to know that in college, my freshman year of college, uh, when I was the most free socially, my text message ringtone was just Captain Falcon going yes uh, again uh, not a great social move but I was free so you know yeah totally Um, Um, but yeah Smash Smash Ultimate looks remarkable and I just want it to be out immediately yeah it comes out in December right yeah yeah that's gonna be a big Christmas for Nintendo yeah myself included that's like when I'm getting one yeah especially because I think Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee come out a month before that too so it's oh, like wow. yeah. you have pokemon and then smash back to back like that right before christmas be, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i might actually try to do because i i went i've only gone black friday shopping once in my life mm. and i thought i was doing it wrong because i went to gamestop at 10 a.m like, yeah r- rookie move right uh-huh. but like no one was there and i got a ps4 and it came with Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us, and it was like 200 bucks. And I'm like, this is great. I, why am I not always doing this? Wow. Yeah, I, I went yeah. weirdly to GameStop also for the first time ever this year for Black Friday. Yeah. Um, or I guess the previous year. And I got PSVR for like $0. That, by the way, that is not a plug for GameStop because I normally do not. Oh, no, that no, no. That place is absolutely terrible. Yeah. It is just the worst. Um, also, pro tip if you go to GameStop and you are buying a new controller, they will. Uh, by default, give you a used one without telling you. So to specify, like, unless you don't care, but it's like a ten dollar difference, just get a new one. Because like, why not? Yeah, definitely. Um, so there we go. Haha, gotcha, GameStop. Gotcha, GameStop. Gotcha, GameStop. <laughs> well, there goes our our sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could also just be a segment of our show, I guess. 
Yeah, everybody. By the way, pro tip: do not, you know, do not, <laughs> don't go to GameStop. Don't buy your amiibos from GameStop. I do wish there was like a low, like because I love. I, I go to the comic book stores a lot, and I love that experience. You know, mm. of like getting to know the employees and like talking about comics. And I wish there was that for video games. Yeah, like I feel like I'm sure there are like. There are a few like retro game shops that have that kind of atmosphere, but right. like it's it's few and far between. Yeah, um, the only one I can think of is like Goodwill at the moment. Like Goodwill has yeah. like a video game <laughs> section. Yeah, not to say that there aren't really friendly GameStop employees, but like as a brand, it's not known for that. No, um, no. So, yeah, it's problematic in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So what you've been playing? <laughs> <laughs> I have been playing a bunch of stuff. Um, I've been playing Minutes, uh, that game where you oh, die shit. in a minute. Yeah, um, that's really cool. I uh, I haven't gotten too far, but I really like the concept, and I really love the art style. is interesting because a lot of retro games look like they were they would have been on Super Nintendo. Right. This game looks like it would have been on the original Game Boy. Which yeah, is really or like or like a TI-89 calculator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like, like a Tiger Electronics game. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, it's nice looking at that, but it has that kind of like monochromatic style, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I really like the, the world and like um, the sense of urgency that it makes when, you know, because it, it has that kind of classic um old school zelda style where you find new items that open up new passageways but like yeah the minute the minute lifespan adds a whole new element to it which i think is really cool um so i'm looking forward to diving deeper into that i'm not sure why i just like got it and like played it and i really liked it and i was very nervous and i moved to something else <laughs> um but uh really into that um like i said earlier i'm, I'm slowly finishing up witcher 3 which i have to say um I think that game, when I first got it, I wanted to treat it like a Skyrim where I just like did a little bit of everything on the side. Mm. But I think that game shines way more if you kind of stick to the main quest, honestly, because like mm. that's what I'm most in- immersed in. Yeah. Know, there's some side quests that pop up that are like an extension of the main story, but like seeing the main plot unfold is like why I'm still playing. Because I have to say, like, the controls are bad. They're just yeah. bad. I didn't like, enjoy the experience of playing that game as much as I enjoyed the story. And that's that's kind of where I'm at, too. And that's why I'm sort yeah. of sticking to the main plot. Although I do like Gwent, oddly enough. But I don't see myself getting the Gwent game. Because like, the idea of buying a digital card game now is sort of akin to like starting smoking. <laughs> like, don't, I yeah. just don't want to have that life. Not to say that it won't be fun, but I'm just like not looking for that. I got into Hearthstone back in the day and like yeah, spent probably too much money on that. So I also same. Lesson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, finishing up Witcher 3 and um, I've also been uh, playing Chrono Trigger again because I just missed that era oh, wow. of RPGs. Yeah. And uh Everything's uh, minutes probably the newest game of of that bunch. Yeah, um, I played I played minute at PAX. They had a really really good PAX demo in the uh, PlayStation booth because I think it was also like the week it came out. It, yeah, they had it at the booth, so I, I played their demo. It was basically like the beginning of the game. Essentially, it's like you find the sword. Um, yeah. I won't like spoil anything, but you kind of just like bop around. There's the guy that talks really slow. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was such a funny gimmick. They, they really like. The world feels very much like they centered around the life mechanic, which was what yeah. makes it work. Right, um, totally. See, so yeah, the guy's like, I also, I was expecting it, to, and maybe it does, so I'm not super far, but I was, I was kind of weary of it getting very dark. 
Um, oh, interesting. Thematically, I guess I'm just like poisoned by Undertale, where I just expect a sharp turn in this like cute <laughs> retro yeah. world. But uh, so far, we're we're okay. I don't think it will, but I think that like, I mean, it's inherently dark with the short lifespan, but. Um, there's not like a major meta twist or anything. So I kind of didn't want that to happen. I don't know why. I was just like, I want, I just need to like have a light, fun affair today. Yeah. Um, um, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. So I, I played it at PAX and I was like, I, this game is out right now. I'm going to go home and get it. And then like, as I was playing it, I slowly started to think, and we talked about this a little bit uh, last week, but I slowly started to think, think this game's going to be on Switch at any moment. <laughs> Like, this game's gonna come out on Switch in like four days. Like this, this is yeah. definitely—it's not announced. They didn't announce it on Switch, but I was like, this is definitely coming to Switch at some point. So it's I a held game off. that I'll, yeah, I, and and it's funny you say that because I had the feeling after playing it that I'll probably get it on the Switch once I get a Switch. That and uh, Celeste, I would also want to get on the Switch. Celeste um, is awesome because that's that that game is one of my favorite games of the year so far. I mean, it came out like in January, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I really, really liked it. And I haven't done the like B and C sides, but even just the main quest, like I was not expecting that heartfelt of a story from a game like that. Really, really got to me. Yeah. I love, um, what is it? I think it's the third level, the hotel. The ghost hotel. That you play? Yeah. That's yeah, great. The, yeah. I, I think that game like really shines in its, um, in, in its world, you know, like it once does. you lock into the mechanics, the mechanics are like, OK, this is this is perfect. Whatever. I don't have to worry about the gameplay at all. Like, let me just yeah. kind of fall into the narrative they're trying to weave in front of me. And uh, I think I think that Ghost Hotel like stuck out to me as like one of maybe my favorite platforming levels. Like, yeah, ever. it was the most like it, well, and it had the best music, too. I love yeah. the, Oh, unbelievable. When, when he turns into a ghost chasing you. Mm-hmm. I think also the thematically the idea of like trying to help someone and they're like. Not that they're beyond help, but that the way you think you're helping is actually making things worse. Yeah. Is really interesting. Yeah. Um, very, uh, we were talking about Scott Pilgrim earlier, but it reminded me a lot of like a Brian Lee O'Malley kind of story, mm. um, you know, where like sort of internalized feelings are manifested in a very literal way. Yeah. Um, the art style too. I mean, definitely it didn't feel derivative. It just felt like inspired by that kind of tone. I, I really loved it. Yeah. Um, I loved the... Uh, moments where it lets you kind of have conversations at your own pace like there's one point i think near the end where you can just talk to theo about whatever yeah um that moment really stood out to me especially for just like someone who suffers from anxiety and panic attacks like it it, it really felt relatable um, yeah so i i love that celeste's uh it's a good it's a good video game it's a good one i'm gonna buy it again highly recommended yeah so any, anyway they they have since announced minute for switch so i'm just waiting until that happens and then i'll pick it up and play it yeah i'm gonna get that because i think it's also like it just feels right for that platform yeah and like i'm running out of space on my ps4 and i don't want to i feel bad deleting games oh, <laughs> so you should do what i did i got a i got an external hard drive because oh. it has external hard drive support now i got oh, a, cool. i got like a four terabyte for like a hundred bucks or something like that that's not bad I um, do that. and i literally have like 200 games installed on it so I just don't That's delete great. anything ever again, and everything's always installed whenever I want it, which is always really fun because I'll just like open up the library and just see this giant list of things like oh, fucking. Especially if you play Destiny Two, because that game alone takes up like yeah. a PS4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should get that. I should get that. Yeah, highly recommended. It's um, it's it's a weirdly freeing thing because like now every time it, it's a new month of PS Plus, and they're like, "Here's the two games," and I'm just like, "Whatever, download them." They're yeah, I'll get to them eventually. <laughs> yeah. 
that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I've been playing. Um, it, we mentioned it last week, but uh, at the Nintendo event, they announced that Hollow Knight was out like that day, Ooh, like day and yeah. date. So I picked it up. I started playing it. And for those of you who don't know, Hollow Knight is like Castlevania, Metroid, or sorry, Metroidvania kind of like experience in terms of, you know, world building and like jumping around and like unlocking new abilities and letting those grant you access to new areas and things like that. But it has a more Dark Souls-esque combat mechanic going on where it's like you're never really getting any stronger. You're just getting better at playing the game over time. Um, I love that. Yeah, I think that's like one of my favorite things about the Souls franchise. Um, and weirdly, the games like I don't know, puzzle games like uh, like Luminous or like even a Guitar Hero. I think weirdly, like if you play that yeah. game enough, you start to feel yourself getting better at it. Sure. Um, I'm having that experience right now in Hollow Knight. For the first couple hours, I'll say like not stellar. I there's no no indication at all of what you're supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to be going, which works in Dark Souls and doesn't work in Hollow Knight as much because you're kind of expecting it because of the art style. It's like kind of cartoony in a way. It's like very uh, hand painted in certain aspects, like the, the environments are hand painted and the music is, is beautiful. So it kind of lulls you into this sense of like, you should be ushering me through this, but it's not at all. It's like still very harsh. Um, mm. But I, over the past, like, I guess week have put in maybe like 15 hours into that game, which I wasn't expecting at all. Um, and it's like every time I sit down and play that game for an extended period of time, I find myself absolutely floored by something new, whether it be something story wise, thematically finding a new character, um, unlocking a new area that looks completely different, uh, than everything else, but still fits into the world in like a dark souls esque way. Yeah. I'm just like constantly floored by that game over and over and over and over again in a way that I haven't in a really long time. I'm like enthralled by it's like all I want to do right now is go play Hollow Knight. Um, It's a really I'll I'll say this. It's a really nice time to be unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember like some of the some of the brightest most recent game experience i've had was like right when i graduated college and like nothing was said yeah like well got a lot of time that sounds awesome i definitely want to pick that up i think it's like 10 bucks right now on steam oh nice it's like on the summer sale uh right now and it's 15 dollars on switch which is like way too cheap for what you're getting honestly if i've never i've never been that like person that talks about the value of a game monetarily versus the actual content of it um but literally as i'm playing this game i'm like i can't believe i only paid 15 dollars for this it is worth significantly more than that um yeah i i think it's i think it's unbelievable it's it's like an achievement and i have no idea how many people made it but it feels like a small team it's wild that sounds great. And you mentioned before the like the thrill of playing a game that like the difficulty curves as you get better at it. It's not about like you might level up or something, but it's yeah. still very much. I feel like with the Dark Souls games, leveling is almost like a difficulty slider where like if you're having a lot of trouble with the boss, you can grind a bit and it might be a little easier. Right. Um, but like it's still up to you. And yeah. you might actually be happy to hear. I don't know if you knew this, but. Um, in the new Souls game, uh, Sekiro, uh, there's no experience. There's no levels. It's just you and your stuff. It's awesome. That's um, great. So I was happy to hear that. I'm sure some people might have, like, they went out and said, like, 
There's no levels. There's no character customization. There's no multiplayer. And so some people were like, okay, I'm not going to play it because that's like what I played Dark Souls for. Yeah. I disagree heavily. I think that that's, I don't necessarily like want all that stuff gone, but I think hearing that means the very focus on certain elements of the game that makes me excited. Yeah. So we'll see. I also think in the case of something like um, Sekiro, like that Miyazaki has earned my trust to a certain extent. Like, oh, for sure. Some of the best yeah. video game experiences I've ever had in my life are playing that dude's <laughs> games. Like, yeah. I will try whatever thing he's putting out. That's kind of how I feel yeah. about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Like, that game doesn't look like it's for me, but I've invested, like, literally 20 years of my life into those games. Yeah. I feel like I kind of owe them this, like, one weird experimental shot. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, there have been, at this point, you know, Bloodborne didn't deviate from the soul structure too much. You could argue that, like, the gameplay is is focused on different things, but, like, it feels like you're playing Dark Souls. Yeah. So, like, they have four Dark Souls games. So, like, I'm happy that, you know, from watching the E3 footage, it looked like, okay, this is Samurai Dark Souls, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually happy to hear that, like, they've made bold steps to, like, at least try different things, if only for the ability to, like, jump and to use your grappling hook. That adds so much more right. to it, you know. Yeah, the idea of of a game like that with that kind of verticality, but also to allow you to traverse within that verticality yeah. in, in a really like interesting and, and quick way. Whereas in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, like if there's a vertical level, it's like okay, I'm just running up ramps for fucking <laughs> fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, I, I'm really excited for that game. Obviously. Um, I was disappointed to hear that there was no character customization, but what that leads me to believe is that there might be more of a protagonist-centric plot then. Yeah, it it seems like it is... It's weird, like... It's weird to say that Sony, as a company, has become kind of an auteur, but, like, it it feels auteuristic in that every single exclusive that's coming out for PS4 now is just like a single player narrative story driven game. Yeah, like Last of Us or um Ghost is of Tsushima. Death, is Death Stranding gonna be no, that's for everything, right? Um that comes out. I don't know. I think that might be an exclusive. That might be. Yeah, because I know Metal Gear was back in the day. Metal Gear yeah. Metal Gear Solid 4. That until was until the end. I think I think five was on Xbox, but I, I could see I'm not. I'm not super sure. I think it might be an exclusive though. Um, and then it like, is. yeah, it is. Then like Uncharted, and I don't know. That that is like the stamp, or, or God of War. I think that is like the yeah. the PlayStation stamp right now is just single player narrative game. You know, third person over the shoulder, like run through an environment. <laughs> yeah, that is. That seems to be their thing, and that's that's why that's where the big question mark is. Where in terms of them. Uh, opening up to cross-platform multiplayer as if how much they really care about that. I can't imagine they wouldn't. I mean, you, it's not like you can only have to... Excuse me. It's not like you can only do one or the other, you know? Right, yeah. Like, um, Especially when it seems like there's a conscious effort to not do it. Like, I feel like <laughs> they could probably get away with being like, hey, play Fortnite, whatever you want, but also have this have this single-player experience. Right, and honestly, like... So th- there was a an executive from PlayStation who left and, and is no longer at PlayStation. I guess like the NDA has expired or whatever. So he was just like tweeting about this the other day. Um, and he was talking about how when this happened with Rocket League, because um, this exact same thing happened with Rocket League, um, it was literally just about money. 
like the the higher ups of Sony were just like, if you're going to be spending in game currency on a thing, we want you to be doing it on PlayStation. We don't want you to be able to, you know, spend that money on on an Xbox and then use it, like turn it in on on PlayStation. Like that that is not uh, that's not what we're looking for. So if it really is about money, then like maybe the idea of going and grabbing exclusive games like Death Stranding or something, like take some of that budget and move it towards getting like exclusive shit for multiplayer games. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like what if there were like exclusive Sony skins that you could get in Fortnite and Rocket League sure. and Minecraft and things like that, you know, like that'd be kind of like, that's sort of like back in the, uh, we talked a bit about this generation in our first episode, but back in the days of like, uh, the original Xbox PS2 and GameCube, like I remember, like when Soul Calibur 2 came out, they each had a different guest character depending right. on what console you got for. Like fun stuff like that, I think could like it gives the consumer a choice of like which one do I want, and like you know they each get a profit off of it. I'm not sure how that impacts the numbers directly, but I would like to see more of that sort of like friendlier competition rather than like no, this is ours. You know? Right? Yeah. Well, uh, I I think my concern for Sony, like if they're so when this uh, generation started and Xbox one was announced and it had all that like really horrific DRM stuff and like you couldn't yeah, trade games and, and Sony yeah. released that video. I don't know if you remember this. Sony released a video during that E3 that they made. It was like 10 seconds long and it was like, here's how you share games on your PS4. And it was two guys. And one of them was like, here's my game. And the other guy took it and said, thanks. And then it was like the Sony logo. It was like the PlayStation logo. And that was the whole ad. <laughs> um, that's so awesome. they were like, you know, power to the players or whatever their thing was. That might be GameStop. This uh, episode is definitely sponsored, this is sponsored by GameStop. By GameStop. <laughs> Get uh, your used controllers while they're hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Whatever, whatever their thing was. Um, just like trying to be gamer focused uh, in, in, their, in their marketing. And like now you're kind of bumping up against that with this kind of like very, um, very, very kind of like gross uh, anti-consumer move. And it makes me yeah. wonder, like, Minecraft and Fortnite are, like, two of the biggest... Like, Fortnite is the biggest game in the world right now. Minecraft is yeah. probably in the top five still at this point. Sure. The fact that there's an entire generation of kids right now, young kids, who don't have the money to, to buy their own console, uh, who are going to grow up in a couple of years when the new generation comes out and say to, my, and, like, say to themselves, okay, there's a new Xbox and there's a new PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch is still out, I guess. Um, which uh, which of these am I going to get? The answer is not going to be PlayStation. Right. You know, because they got screwed over now. Like it, this kind of thing is going to echo out and have a ripple effect in purchasing decisions in a couple of years in a way that sure. I don't think they're really taking into account. That's a really good point. And I think that, yeah, and it just depends on, I think it just depends on like if they, if each if Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo want to operate in their own worlds, yeah. or if they want to, because I feel like last generation, the Wii and the Wii U were in their own worlds, like in their own Feywilds, right. extra planar dimension. And the and Xbox and 360 and PS3 were pretty much the same. Like they had like one or two exclusives, but like those systems were, I think PS3 probably had better hardware, but they were the same level really of like library and such mm -hmm. now it's just like again it's that it's that the exclusives and also just the horrible press people call it the x-bone do you remember that it was like oh yeah uh 
it, it just nothing but negativity when I came out. Like no one, like no one in my circle was like, I can't wait. People yeah. like wearily bought one if they were, you know, Xbox people. Um, I will say though, like as someone who has all three of them, and we talked about this a while ago, but I was I was thinking about you know, okay, wait until E3 is over and decide if I'm going to sell my Xbox or not. Uh, based on what they announced, they didn't announce anything that I wanted like immediately. Like they didn't announce anything in the in the next coming months that was like, oh, I got to keep my Xbox. But I am keeping it anyway because of this weird PlayStation cross-platform thing. Just in the event that a game like that comes out again. Yeah. And I think that they're sincerely trying to to provide for like their, you know, their customers. I think that they're moving in a good direction. Even if yeah. it's not like like nothing really Xbox exclusive other than like one or two games didn't really stand out to me. Like I'm not a Gears of War fan really. I'm not a Halo fan. Uh, I, I don't dislike the series. I'm just, I haven't really been waiting for a new one. Yeah. Are you a Funko Pop video game fan? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a mobile strategy fan. Yeah. Um, I'm a, that, the Funko I am, Pop you joke, but I am going to play that game. I know. I know. And tell me all about it. Uh, <laughs> uh the funk the the crowd's energy was so i could feel it it was the like whip heavy, the whiplash of of yeah, the, the gears logo of, like, and then the funko yeah. pop guy breaking through the wall <laughs> and they're like you can't that can't be it <laughs> um i mean gears of War 5 looks kind of cool I, I i'm probably not gonna get it because i don't have an xbox and i'm not gonna buy an xbox for that but it looks i don't really know much about the series it looks like an interesting direction to take it in but yeah what do you think at E3 was the was the weirder announcement? The um, Gears logo being shown, Funko Pop Funko breaking Pop. through the wall, then announcing a Gears strategy game, and then <laughs> announcing Gears Five, or the E3 or sorry the EA moment where uh, the the presenter went down and sat with a guy in the audience and was like, "So you're working on a Star Wars game?" And he was like, "Yep," <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> Probably. Probably the latter, only because at least with the Gears announcement, they ended it with Gears 5. With which, the like, thing that people the wanted, yeah. happy with. The beginning was like confusing and, and scary. Um, uh, the, the latter moment was just like an empty passing moment in time. Yeah. And I felt really bad for just every party involved. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, so now um, we might be running out of time, but I remember last time we talked, you had 180 on Anthem uh, after E3. Is that oh, correct? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a bit before we uh, close close out here? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I, I have been listening to and reading a lot of kind of firsthand accounts of the behind closed doors demo of Anthem and what that game plays like. Uh, it seems like everything that happened uh, behind closed doors was significantly different than what we saw because what I I think you know we talked about it pretty extensively last week but like that game the way they showed it off at their presentation seemed like a couple things it seemed like um a very empty game that that was trying to be destiny and not doing super well um and it also seemed like the developers were trying to get out in front of the negative press that's going to come out when people play the game and it's like empty in a way in terms like narratively because like a lot of those questions that uh that they were asking and answering were like uh you know we we built this uh narrative to to be able to extend on for years and like don't worry when the game comes out that doesn't mean it's the end of it it's like yeah so so you're saying like the thing that's going to be on the disc is not going to be that much and you're going to give us dlc later so that that's kind of at least how it came across to me 
it seems like that game is amazing. It seems like <laughs> that's really I'm really happy to hear that because we're we're both you know Bioware fans and we didn't yeah. want this to be their their swan song, um, right? Yeah. So that's so. What what did you hear exactly that that made you switch so so uh, quickly on on your so yeah? There, there's an episode of Waypoint Radio that they recorded E3 where they were talking about the actual mechanics of like the actual like uh, game feel in in the flight and in the movement specifically uh and and how flying feels like there's a real weight to it like it seems like they focused almost all of their all their attention on the actual like feel of flying and moving and 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 how um and how like gravity is going to affect that so like you have you have this uh yeah this like jetpack iron man kind of vibe but you can like overheat the uh the thrusters and stuff and you could just yeah. like tumble out of the sky at any moment if if you're not like watching that um there you have all these cooldowns all these special abilities but apparently they come back so fast that there's never really a moment when you're waiting for your cooldowns like you know how like in most games destiny i think is a really good example when you're playing that game you have your melee and you have your grenade and you have um whatever your like special class thing is and those three things take a really long time. So you can use one, two, three, and then wait like five minutes for yeah. any of those to come back. Uh, and then for the rest of the time, you're just shooting people with guns and like whatever. You're just playing Destiny. In this game, everything is coming back so quickly that it's like use one. OK, zip over this way. Oh, that one's already back, but I already have these other ones as well. So like, let me use this and, and just like jumping between all the different abilities you have at any given time. Uh, so you don't just have to sit there and like use your cooldowns and then shoot some stuff and then wait for all your cooldowns to come back while you're like dodging enemies and whatever. It seems like a really active frenetic, um, which is not what I was expecting having watched yeah. all that stuff at E3. That is something that like, even though I was disappointed with what I saw, the the idea of having to fly underwater or like briefly like through water to cool down seemed really interesting. Yeah. And it also like, you can make a beautiful environment, but if it doesn't have like weight in the game, we might it might not resonate. But the fact that like natural environments have a function, I think, goes a long way in terms of us totally. feeling like we're immersed in it. Yeah, um, that's really I'm I'm excited to hear that. I don't know, like, you know, I, I really would love. I mean, honestly, even if it was like just Destiny, but with like a Bioware kind of story, that mm-hmm. might be enough for me to want to check it out. But the fact that you're saying that in a gameplay under a gameplay lens there's a lot of really cool stuff happening it makes me more optimistic right because i mean if if they want this to be a destiny then it has to be a game that you enjoy playing right like the, yeah. the, the me- mechanically it has to be something that is that is really sticky um i i am less optimistic about the story side mm. they they seem to be pretty tight-lipped about it and that stuff really wasn't revealed at all especially yeah. considering like that was supposed to be their big like anthem <laughs> Yeah, well, that's also like what Bioware is known for. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like they're not really talking about it, which is kind of giving me pause. But at least it's nice to know that the game is fun to play. Yeah, um, kind oh, of yeah, like God exactly. of War. Like God of War took, I think, five years to make, and they said the first three years were just figuring out like combat and and throwing the axe and things like that. Um, it seems like a lot of Anthem's development has been front ended with them figuring out how that game should feel. And I think like if you're going to make a, an Iron Man game, like flying around as Iron Man should be <laughs> sick, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, that that is the one good thing I heard about Andromeda was the combat. Sadly, which is not like what you get Mass Effect 2 right. experience, yeah. but uh, I heard that that was at least good. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, one thing I do want to say before we sign off is that I realized recently that the Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion is backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Uh, oh my god. Which is another reason to keep my Xbox, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get that uh, game soon. And I'm yeah, really excited and to play it again. Oblivion really is our white whale. Like as much as we talk about these new games, like nothing will ever give us the the like esoteric joy of Oblivion. Yeah, I'm I'm almost disappointed <laughs> talking about Oblivion. Uh, I <laughs> I'm almost like the yeah. Just ten of here's the, the thing. ten people talking about Oblivion. Yeah, here's here's the second episode of the podcast, and I, I think we've already identified a trend, which is we're not going to ever be able to make it through <laughs> an entire recording yeah. session talking about before, Oblivion. Before we close off, like what was with the adoring fan? I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I'm I'm worried about Elder Scrolls Six. Okay. Just because I know that they're going to try and increase the fidelity of everything and they're going to try and correct all the mistakes with Oblivion and Skyrim in terms of like voice acting and things like that. Like they they have to be keenly aware of all that. But that's also going to mean it's going to remove all the things that I love because <laughs> yeah. I love how bad some of it is. It's like my favorite part of those games. Hello, what's new with you? I hear Burr's Grokasha's jokes are awful. Nice seeing you. <laughs> Nothing's better. Nothing's better. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to not sand off the gameplay edges, but sand off like the, the Bethesda gunk for Elder Scrolls 6. And that's so interesting because we just talked about Bioware. We're like, I would honestly, in a good way, because I love both. I love Bethesda and Bioware. Yeah. But Bethesda is kind of like the opposite of Bioware, where like Bioware makes these very focused, character-centric you know, role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And Bethesda makes these giant worlds where you ironically get to know no one. <laughs> sort of like, right. like I can't, I have played so much Skyrim and Oblivion and even a bit of Morrowind and I can't name to you like one memorable character. Like right. not one, maybe in the, um, in the Dark Brotherhood of Oblivion. That's like the one mm. quest that like had like me going like, oh wow, like this is a story. Yeah. Um, but overall it's like, I hear there are trolls in my neighbor's house. Please right. get rid of them. Yeah, you, know? you, you just you just that. get to know the voice actors, the six voice actors. <laughs> you get to that know the- <laughs> I remember. So I was all about. I followed all the hype for Skyrim. I was so excited, and, and rightfully so, because that ended up being a great game. Yeah, um, that was a nice payoff. But uh, one of the um, they interviewed one of the developers, I think, or it might have been. I forgot what role he was in in the game, but he was like, "Yeah, like in." It was like in the like choir backed promotional ad, like you know, like everyone's uh-huh. everyone's talking the game up, and he's like, "Yeah, in Oblivion we had like six actors, and now we have like 20. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was so funny. But like in a game with literally hundreds of NPCs, twenty still is not enough. I just love the idea of like someone with like their sides <laughs> prepared and be like, "Okay, I'm going to audition for the role of um." Uh, this can't be right. Every elf. Okay, here we go. <laughs> like, I'm going to be an entire race of Tamriel. Yeah. I'm every elf and I'm half the orcs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the same lines they just pitched my dialogue down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing here? This is an orc stronghold. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I could do them all. Ask me anything. <laughs> um, okay, should we wrap it up? 
Yeah, I think that's a good. I mean, you can't like once you bring up oblivion, we both go into like a glaze, and like, no <laughs> one else. Like what actually happens is our eyes turn over and we just start drooling, and everyone else like leaves and says like we can't be around yeah. us. So right. It's yeah. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for listening to Into the Aether, a, a video game podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. Brent and I have fun doing these, and we're uh, we're looking to do more of them, and uh, we may find more of a concrete structure. But for now, it's going to be just us talking. You know, experimenting. Experimenting. That's a better word than yeah. just us talking. <laughs> you know, that's really that's really feeling. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a good day. Garbage dot online.